0: Welcome to the Beauty Talk podcast, where we feature how the best medical practitioners help
1: their patients to look better, younger, and healthier. Now, enjoy the show, and here's your host. Daniel Gow here. I'm the host of Beauty Talk, where we feature the top medical practitioners in health and beauty, both inside and out. Now, this episode is brought to you by Edna Digital Marketing. Edna is a renowned Los Angeles based practice development firm, helping medical professionals to dominate their local market and grow their practice. To learn more, visit com or email us at info at com. Now, I have Dr. Melanie Peterson here from Facial Aesthetics by Design, who is a dentist uh, who just couldn't retire and she got into the aesthetic industry. So welcome, Melanie. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Great. <laughs> Great to have you here on the show. So Melanie, um, uh, we were talking before and you actually had a very interesting story of how you actually got into aesthetics from being a dentist. You mind sharing a little bit about that story?
0: well, it's it's kind of interesting because it really goes back several years ago. i I went to a continuing education course uh, one night, and there was the plastic surgeon there talking about all the various procedures that plastic surgeons do. And um one of the things that he said was that if you are considering having um, any kind of invasive procedures done, do it before you're by the time you're fifty, um, because if you wait too long after that, you, you know it will be obvious that you that you had something done. And so this way, you'll just look rested. And that really stuck with me. Um, so it's interestingly enough, when I got to about fifty, I decided I needed to go to a plastic surgeon. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, and I actually had uh, a procedure done uh an invasive procedure was which was an interesting um experience um and now that I've gone through that and now that I see all the different um opportunities that are available now um I think it's really exciting that uh, individuals can have aesthetic procedures done without necessarily having to get on an operating table
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah it's it's definitely fascinating. I see people out there in the marketplace where they're like, some of them have in their mindset, like, oh, I don't want to do surgery, but uh, some people are okay with that. And like, what are the alternatives? Now, now, Melanie, you also had someone else who really got you into aesthetics. I mean, this seemed like it was the beginning part of how you got interested in it, but there was someone else who got you really into the aesthetics practice, correct?
0: Well, it was kind of interesting because after I had my procedure done, I went to the plastic surgeon's office for my post op facials, and the the woman doing the facials actually owned her own spa, and so I thought, well, shoot, you know I've spent all this money having this procedure done, so I'm just gonna you know continue to see her in her spa uh, to to maintain my skin. I never thought about skin, I never thought about sun damage, I never thought about any of that and she really educated me about the importance of all of that. And I saw her every month for a facial for many, many years. She then retired um, about two years ago. Her daughter, Robin Masters, uh, who is a nurse practitioner, basically took over the spa and has um, is doing some additional medical related things. And one day I was in there and Robin said, I want to show you what fun I'm having. And she brought out all these fillers and things. And and she said, you know, you could do this too. And I thought about that. And I said, you know, you're right. I could because I had just retired not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I started checking out courses, online courses. That was about the time of the. Pandemic, Mm. and so um, that gave me a good opportunity to spend a lot of time online learning about all these procedures, and I found it really fun and satisfying.
1: Okay, great. So that's really how you got into aesthetics. That's how I
0: got into it. That was
1: the jump. That was the leap.
0: That was the that was the kickstart. Yes.
1: Got it. So now that you're actually doing it right now, what are some of the most popular treatment services that you offer that you do, and and what's the reason that they're so popular?
0: Well, I am in Louisville, Kentucky, which is a little, not quite as advanced as California. (laughs) Um, And many, many people here don't know about PDO threads. Mm -hmm. And the PDO threads really fascinated me from the beginning because they're not really as invasive as fillers, for example,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but they do require uh, knowledge of facial anatomy. And, you know, I had gross anatomy as a, as a dental student. So Mm -hmm. I thought that's, that's a good, um, that's a good thing for me to, to pursue. And I felt like the market would be right for Louisville because there aren't that many people doing PDO threads. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people have no idea what they are. So um, that's what I, Spend most of my time doing, although I do I do some filler and Botox, and I've also been trained on a photonal laser, um, which is also fun.
1: Yeah. Okay. Got it. Now uh, you're talking a lot about the PDO thread lift. How would you compare that to a facelift? For people who don't know, you mentioned a lot of them don't know what a thread lift is. Uh, right. How would you compare it to a facelift, or would you say to people who are just they don't know what it is and they, they're interested in learning more about what it can do for them? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, when patients come in to me for a consult, um, first of all, I tell them that a PDO thread lift is not really a facelift per se. It's um, it's more like a procedure that will help you look more rested, um, make you define your um, facial features the way you the way they were when you were younger. I do tell people it's very important not to have unreal realistic expectations um, because the postdoc period can be um, not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really depends on the individual. Some people bruise, some people swell a lot more than others, um, and you just never know who, who those people are. So you just really have to spend the time up front with them. The other thing is that Sometimes people come in and because of the money, because it's not an inexpensive procedure,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, they just oh, I just want a thread here and a thread here, and that's frustrating because you have to just tell them, well, you know, we can do a thread here and a thread there, but don't really expect much of anything mm-hmm. because you know you you have to go at um, PDO lifts from a lot of different directions in your face to get the result that you want. So, um, you know, it, it, it takes time up front to educate clients about that.
1: Yeah, I think that's very important what you just brought up as far as the education part of it. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot that goes into the procedure the service and a lot of them have no idea and some think they have an idea And I'm sure that you've had some situations like that where they, like you mentioned, I want one thread here, I want one thread here, but it's really not going to help them in the end. So I I think the way that you you educate them is important. Um, And would you say that that's one of your the biggest ways you you differentiate from your competitors? Would you say there's other factors that differentiate you from other people doing thread lifts?
0: You know, I I honestly don't know exactly what other providers are doing in this area except from my clients who come in who have had them done before and they they say oh well the person that that did this before just just put two in here and two in here and they didn't they didn't go through all this process I mean it's important to me to try to get people as comfortable as possible Mm -hmm. so as a dentist I know that people don't like pain And so I really try to address that upfront, based on the pain threshold of the individual. And it's so interesting because, and it's the same thing with dentistry. Some people will just sit there and they don't make a peep. And not only do they not make a peep, but they're really interested in what you're doing and they're curious about it. And I've had people wanna look at what I'm doing in a mirror and those are the best clients. Hmm, <laughs> they're just really interested. Yeah. And then you have other clients who you look at them, and they're cringing. So, um, you know, it's, uh, and then some clients look at videos online. And, you know, the videos can be a little daunting. <laughs> yes, and it looks pretty invasive. And so I tell them, you know, it looks that way, but in reality it's it's not as invasive as a lot of other procedures, like fillers, for example. So um, you know, it just takes a lot of talking to them up front.
1: Okay. Yeah. As I've seen some of those videos uh, as far as how it's done, and I'm like, oh wow, it's like they're calling this not invasive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna do this.
1: Yeah. So it yeah. is very scary. Like when I see videos, when I see pictures of them, I'm like, wow, that seems intense. Yeah. And so you yeah. kind of brought this up, but Uh, If you don't mind explaining a bit more about how do you balance between making sure that they're relaxed, they're having a very good experience, but also making sure that from a safety uh, standpoint, also results standpoint, you're able to balance those two pieces into it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing I do is is really take a, being a dentist, again, I take a a thorough medical history Um, and I talk to them about upfront about the the post-op what to expect from the post-op period, um, and really not to expect much of anything for three weeks, that it can take anywhere from two to three re- weeks for that swelling and so forth to really settle down. And that sometimes um, some people do really well and bounce back in a day or two. It, it's just an unknown. But again, as a dentist, I am so, I'm very tuned into the the variability in pain threshold. For different individuals, and you know, and that's one of the things that I, that I try to ascertain when I talk to the patient is, you know, how do you do at the dentist? You know, things <laughs> like that. Um, and sometimes people will tell you, "Oh, I I have a really high pain threshold," and, and they don't. <laughs> it doesn't take very long to figure that out. Yeah, and I will change, um, you know, the way I get them. um, uh, numb based on mm-hmm. their behavior, um, because if it's stressful
1: for them, it's really stressful
0: for me. Yeah, I can imagine. that <laughs> it's no fun. And mm-hmm. that is no fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, got it. Now, I'm sure that you have must have had some challenging cases in the past. So would you mind sharing just one or two stories about some challenging cases you've had, and basically what that was like, and then how you were able to get through it, and in the end, achieve. a a successful outcome for your patient?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you know, like anything else, uh, PDO threads are, you know, haven't been around that long as far as the dissolvable kind. And there's a learning curve to everything. And the only way to learn something is to do it. And so uh, one of the first cases that I did, I realized Um, afterward that I did not spend enough time really forewarning this client about what to expect afterward. And, um, you know, she was, she was contact and and her pain threshold was very, very low. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was stressful for her. It was stressful for me. And she contacted me, oh, several times during that First week because oh. she worried about this dimple and that ripple and is this going to ever look normal and and et cetera et cetera
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so and you know sometimes that can really make you as a provider second guess yourself mm-hmm. um, and so I reassured her that everything would be fine and it was and mm-hmm. she came back for her post op and she was fine but that was a great learning experience for me. Um, to be sure to take that time up front. Um, and not all clients are good candidates for threads. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a client in her eighties. She has a lot and has lost a lot of weight. She has a lot of excess skin. Um, you know, threads are going to be very, of very limited value on her because where's all that excess skin going to go? mm mm-hmm. So, and then I had a a patient fairly recently who was so excited about the threads. She was an engineer. She came in, um, sat down, was asking questions about the the whole time I was doing the procedure. And during the procedure, she said, you know, you're really good at this. (laughs) And I thought, that really feels nice. (laughs) You really don't get she said, you have a nice manner about you mm. and so forth. And um, that that's always nice to hear that yeah. from, a, from a client. Mm-hmm. And I have not heard one complaint from her. I did check in with her the next day and she said, oh, I'm doing absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not having a problem at all. And so there, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the difference in, in individuals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's really important that you always, you have to take into account the personality of your clients as well. And that's how you do the procedure. And I think Mm -hmm. you also brought up a very important point is that there are some practitioners who think that, okay, there's this one procedure and this is the best one out there. And they try and fit everyone's problem Mm -hmm. into that one procedure. But you Mm -hmm. mentioned that, Hey, for some people, this just isn't going to work. I think that as Mm -hmm. you mentioned before, like that's how you do the education. It's this may not be the best fit for you. Instead, mm-hmm. you should do something else. And I think that's yes. something that's very important the marketplace mm-hmm. out there right now is how you guide your patients, or how mm-hmm. you guide, guide your clients, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And now, some pa- yeah, go uh, ahead. Please, no, please go ahead.
0: Some patients, um, you know, the shape of their faces, um, mm-hmm. if they have thick skin, or Um, they're too rounded. Sometimes they're not real good candidates because it's really difficult to move those fat pads to get the look that they want. So they have unrealistic expectations.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so sometimes you have to go back and try to put, you know, I have put more threads in people like that just to try to achieve more of what they, the look that they want, Mm -hmm. but it takes more effort.
1: Okay, I got it. Now, we talked a little bit about some of the tougher situations or tougher clients that you ran into. What would you say for all your happy clients? What's the most common feedback that you get from them?
0: Well, I think, you know, I think clients that come in and they're excited about having the procedure done in the first place, and they're interested in knowing about it. You know, they're curious and they think it's really neat and they want to watch you do it. Um, those are the kinds of people, the ones who have really educated themselves. And so therefore they're e- easier for me to educate. Um, and they know more of what to expect. Um, whereas patients who come in and they really know don't know anything about it or very, very little, all they want to do is just look good. They just mm-hmm. want instant results. And and those are the ones that are that are more difficult. Mm -hmm. I find, Um, but it's interesting because I had a a client not too long ago who made an appointment for a consult and she's from South Korea,
2: Mm.
0: no, Indonesia. She's from Indonesia. Indonesia. Okay. Jakarta. Uh Yes. And she came in and she had had all kinds of threads done Mm. and to her, it was just nothing. Mm Yeah. know. And we just kind of laughed about the fact that people in this country are not that familiar with it. Mm. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I've had this done and that done and this done. And it was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. Now, and that's actually brings up an interesting point. I mean, we have this red lift procedure, which is quite popular in a lot of other countries, but in the US, it's starting to pick up in popularity, but it's definitely not as big as like a Botox or anything like that. So, where do you think the future is for? Number one, for thread lifts, but also for just general aesthetic care from the uh, from the client standpoint, what do you think that's going to be going in the future?
0: Well, I think as as people become better informed about Threads and what can be accomplished, um, I think that they will become more and more popular, especially in other parts of the country. Um, I don't think some people you're never going to you know get to get them to agree to to do anything like that but then there are people who who won't do fillers or botox mm-hmm. and, or any kind of aesthetic procedure but for those people who want to have something done but they don't want to have an invasive procedure done you know I think that the threads are really really and fillers and botox offer Um, a nice alternative. Mm -hmm. And even though they don't last as long as a, quote, facelift, um, facelifts don't last forever either. And we all continue to age. So, you know, just put some more threads in, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So you think the future of ThreadLift is very bright then? Do you think it's going to catch on more and more and more?
0: I think so. I think Mm -hmm. so. And when people, you know, realize you know, what can be accomplished, and they see the before pictures and the after pictures, and I get a lot of that. Oh, do you have a before and after picture? And when they see, oh, you know, the jowls are gone, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're they they like that.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely see that in a lot of medical practice before and afters. It's such a key component for how uh, clients make the decision because they can actually see it, it's not just a intangible anymore it's okay wow like right. this is what you've done and and my and they're even worse than me
0: mm-hmm. do, do you
1: see that happen quite often it's like like as soon as you show them those before and afters it's like it's almost like a light switches on in their head and like oh wow yeah, it's that, like
0: that's fun that's that's really fun um you know when you see them look at themselves in the mirror and they're like oh wow you know the, even with the swelling already setting in And and another thing, um, you know, how some people like to get um, brow lifts with Mm -hmm. Botox and, you know, you can do a brow lift with threads and it will last longer than doing it with Botox. Um, So it's it's um, I think those are fun, too. Mm -hmm. I had a classmate of mine who was complaining about her upper eyelid and how she couldn't see as well. Because it was it was falling down, you know how mm-hmm. those sometimes surga- surgical procedures are done for that. And yeah. I said, "Well, we are just you know I'll just put a thread in," mm-hmm. and we put a couple of threads in on each side, and she was thrilled. She said, "Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I can see." So- <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic
1: story. That's a great yeah. story.
0: Yeah. So so you know there are, there are things like that too that, from a functional standpoint, can make a difference, not just an aesthetic standpoint mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's really important point you bring up is that well, when people think of aesthetics it's just for the looks but i think a lot of people overlook it from a functional standpoint like you mentioned so mm-hmm. I, I i think for a lot of people that functional part of it is more than it, it weighs so much more than the aesthetic part it's like it changes something very direct in their lives where they can function yeah. even better in their life yeah So, but thank you for sharing that, Melanie. I have one last question for you, but before I ask that, I just want to point people to your website, which is www.facialaestheticsbydesign.com. And the last question is, what would you say is the most important piece of advice you can give to somebody who's thinking about getting aesthetic services, maybe let's say a thread lift, but something is stopping them. Maybe it's the fear, maybe it's the money, maybe they just don't have enough information. What would you say is the most important piece of advice you can give to someone like that who's on the fence?
0: Well, it's interesting because I do get uh, clients like that, and you know I go through and explain the procedure to them. Sometimes I will say, "Well, if you want to go through if you want to do this piecemeal, we can do it piecemeal as long as you understand that you're not going to have the the result that you may expect or want with just one session uh, because it takes. Several different sessions to to- to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish, so you know a lot of times i will i will give patients that alternative. I also accept care credit uh for some patients who you know want to put it on a on a you know a time payment plan, payment plan mm-hmm. right mhm so I'd, i I will offer that because I realize that you know it 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 it's a big chunk uh, for people and they've got to really, really want it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And for them to really want it, they, they need to understand what it can do for them and, you know, understand what the procedure is. Got, so, it.
1: got mm-hmm. it. Well, there you have it. Dr. Melanie Peterson of facial aesthetics by design, sharing her expertise with all of you. Now, Melanie, where can people learn more about, about you or contact you?
0: Um, People can contact me um, by calling 502 500 8187. Okay. Um, and um, I will be happy to provide information. It's interesting because I am doing this because I am choosing to do it. I like the flexibility of doing it, um, you know, when I am available to do it. And But I do accommodate clients mm-hmm. and. Well, see clients whenever they want to be seen, even after hours. So, um, you know, I I actually rent space from Robin Masters Mm -hmm. and we tag team each other and refer patients back and forth. So that that works well.
1: Yeah. Sounds like you have the perfect setup for uh, what you're looking for, your lifestyle, (laughs) perfect working lifestyle. Yes. Yes. Great. Well, thank you for being on the show, Melanie, and thanks for sharing your message with the world. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beauty Talk Podcast. Any questions, please contact the practice directly with the contact information provided during the show. We'll see you again next time. Bye for now.